0: It just came on now. Let's try to get closer to the stage. Sorry. Excuse me. There's (laughs) a million. Do you want to go on my shoulders? What? Sorry. Do you want to go on my shoulders? Yeah, that'd be unreal. Thanks. Wow. Three celebrates connections made by music this summer. Find out more at 3.ie forward slash music. and unlike normal, I am joined by Adam Herman and our good friend Mika Hockey Statminer who uh, may not be able to talk because now you guys should be unmuted. How are you two doing today?
1: What's going on, man?
0: Yeah, this is... I'm already... We've we had about eight minutes of conversation before the podcast, and I think I already regret this immensely. Um, before be we get so into bad. anything that I'm going to regret, though, I would just like to tell you that this podcast is hosted by the fine folk over at Blue Apron. If you go to blueapron.com and use the promo code Shirt, I will buy three meals for you. You will get three free meals. Um, you go over to blueapron.com. You can look at their menu. Uh, they have different menus every single week. You can either get... Three meals for two people a week or two meals for four people a week. They have a nice little family plan there. They deliver to 99% of the United States. I don't know what the 1% is. I don't think it matters. You don't live there, so it's fine. Um, They do everything from lamb to pork to beef to vegetarian. You can pick whatever you want to eat, and they will make a menu for you. They deliver all of the fresh sourced ingredients directly to your door. You don't have to do anything. Adam is terrible at shopping, so if Adam used blueapron.com slash blue shirt, he would get three free meals that would be delivered right to his door, and all he has to do is be able to cook with the instructions. I think the only thing they don't give you is salt. Literally, the only thing they don't give you is salt. Um, You get three free meals. It's good food. They gave me a promo, and I ate it because that's what I do. If you want to cook for your friends, if you want to cook for your loved one, I don't care what you cook. I don't care how you cook it. Just go to blueapron.com. Put in the promo code blue shirt, and you will get three free meals and it will be amazing. It will be better than anything you cook by yourself because you're terrible at shopping and Blue Apron will do it for you. Um, So that is, one more time, blueapron.com slash blueshirt. Go do it. It is a good time and the food is very good. This podcast is also sponsored by Patreon. People who donate to us, uh, Mike and Beth are not here, so this kind of falls on deaf ears, but... If they were here, you could hear the new enhancements we've been able to use through Skype to make the audio sound better because of the contributions of people like Anthony Viola, Dan Blinch, Matt Bader, Eric Cohn, Daniel DeGen, Michael Silvers, Trevor Kempner, Thomas Osa, Alexander Thornton, Nicholas Verlenza, Dan Carozzi, Taylor Ryder, John J. Porter, Armiel Kissinger, Zachary Zetlin, Igor Zatlovsky, and Arch Williams. So thank you all. Um, Now we get to the part of the podcast that I am going to dread, and that is speaking to Mika and Adam about (laughs) the Rangers. We're going to begin with Montreal, which is where the Rangers will be playing their first two away games of the playoffs. Uh, I think this was a dream matchup in January. Then uh, Therian got fired, Claude Julien took over, Montreal kind of found themselves a little bit and Adam and I were talking before the show Adam, I think this matchup might be maybe not as hard as say Washington, but with Chris Letang getting hurt for Pittsburgh, probably just about as hard as anyone else they would have to face, no?
2: Yeah, well well. first of all, let me say that I've used Blue Apron and it's great, but I'm a fantastic shopper and I take great offense to uh, you denigrating my abilities to shop
0: Adam, may be the worst shopper of all time
2: I am a great shopper. I shop for my roommates. I cook for my roommates. I am amazing at everything. Okay. So, anyway, um, yeah, I I don't think uh, this matchup is nearly, um, you know, certainly winnable, of course, but I don't think it's nearly, you know, the more optimal matchup compared to um, the other options. I think, you know, if you're looking at the Rangers advancing, then certainly, you know, facing uh, Toronto or Ottawa of course, you know, preferable to, you know, Pittsburgh Washington. Sure. Um, but, you know, the the Canadians are good. Um you look at their numbers especially um especially since Claude Julian took over, they I believe they lead the NHL and win since he was hired. Um you know their possession numbers are good, expected goal numbers are good. Um and then you get into, you know, things like the power play um and the obviously Carey price. Um you know the one advantage you would hope um, the Rangers could have in any playoff matchup is the goaltending, but um, you know Carey Price is at worst equals equal. So you know it's it's a tough one, and then add in it's a road match in a place where the Rangers historically you know have struggled a bit. So um, it's going to be a tough one.
0: Mika.
1: Yeah, I I, I fall pretty much in that. Uh, it could be it could be a worse opponent, it, e.g. Washington, but is um, not going to be a cakewalk. Uh, the, their possession's really good. Uh, the one thing with the Rangers is they're such a fluky team with high danger chances. They generate a lot, but they give up a ton. Um, I, I guess Montreal, just for, just by the feel, is a team that uh, you know y- you can get away with a little more maybe, but it, it's it's going to be coin flipish, sixty forty. Um, but it, it's not like a, a gimme. It, but it is the easier route, as Adam said.
0: It, I want to get into the easier route part in a bit, only because the, the Rangers, it, there's, I have this sort of uh, conspiracy tinfoil hat theory on a way that the Rangers can quite easily get back to the Stanley Cup, even though I am not overly confident in the team that they're going to put forth in the playoffs. But we'll get there in a moment. Um <clears throat> Montreal reminds me a lot of playing the Rangers, except a better version of the Rangers. Uh, Like Adam said, Carey Price is Lundqvist's equal, if not uh, better. Um, The Rangers don't have as good of a defense as Montreal does. Montreal has flaws, and Montreal seems to be, even with Claude Julien, still in this sort of we-need-toughness mold. They have Steve Ott. They have Dwight King. That fourth line isn't exactly going to be as dangerous as it could be. But the Rangers are more than likely going to play Tanner Glass. I think the last time Mika was on the podcast, we talked about how the entire reason Glass is here is because Montreal attacked JT Miller a couple of uh, the last time the two teams played at the end of the game. That was a, a blowout win for Montreal, if I remember correctly. So you have to think that the physicality aspect is going to be there for Vigneault and company. You look up and down at what the Rangers have and what Montreal has. And it's like playing a mirror image of themselves, maybe even from 2014. Carey Price is a very, very scary option to go up against. And going up against the, one of the best goaltenders in the league, Vigneault is more than likely going to sit Pavel Buchnevich, who has the fifth highest points per 60 on the Rangers, and bring in Tanner Glass. It's a backwards line of thinking. It's a line of thinking that has gotten the Rangers in trouble before. This is a head coach that we know doesn't really learn his lesson all that much. Dan Girardi is probably going to be the first line defenseman because apparently Smith has to be a third pairing guy. So there are decisions to be made here that are going to be made, but Montreal reminds me a lot of what the Rangers looked like in 2014. And even if they're not, they're a flawed team, just like the Rangers are Uh, maybe a little bit less so, but they are. And like Mika said, the Rangers have enough high-octane offense on this team that if they swept Montreal, I think I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. If the offense just explodes and turns into this amazing thing, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. This is the same Rangers team, almost top to bottom, that dominated in the beginning of the year. But like we talked about, those are not sustainable stats. They were not sustainable stats, and now the Rangers are looking at what I think is a much more difficult playoff matchup than they thought it was going to be. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm almost positive Montreal's top five in Corsi. I think they're yes. top two in, like, expected goals or maybe scoring chances. This is not going to be an easy matchup. The Rangers have not been a good possession team this year. And Henrik Lundqvist slash Antti Ranta have really bailed them out. But there's been some holes in that armor, too. Even Ranta has seen a little bit of struggles recently, so I think Montreal is probably much more excited to be playing the Rangers now than the Rangers are to be playing Montreal. Unless either of you disagree with me.
1: No, I think it's a good. I think it's a fair
0: assessment. Uh, and, yeah, and, um, and are we? At least confident that the Bell Center House of House of Horrors is dead because of 2014. Adam, I'll let you take that one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it should be clear by now. I'm not, I'm not one to genuinely believe in things like you know curses and and fate and you know in terms of that you know. So is there like is it literally you know this hex on the Rangers that they just can't win there? And you know, no, of course not. You know, and if if there was, they definitely you know. Defunct that one in 2014. But, you know, I think there is something to be said for the fact that they, they've struggled against the Canadians in Montreal. And, you know, while some of it might just kind of be random variants, I think this certainly is, you know, whatever the reason, uh, the place that the Rangers struggle. Um, so, you know, you look at uh, home ice matters a lot more than I think people realize um, in hockey. You know, I've been talking to uh, Dom LeCision Um, who writes for The Athletic and does some analytics stuff. And, you know, he does these, you know, extensive models projecting, you know, win probability. And, you know, uh, having whole mice can be the difference um, of, like, you know, having a 3% chance of winning or, you know, 56% chance, you know. And those things, you know, it's a big difference over a seven-game series. So, um, you know, it certainly – but already is a tough match with the Rangers, of course. It doesn't help to, you know, that potential Game 7, um, you know, could be in a place where they struggle.
0: Yeah, in Montreal, which is probably, of all the buildings to play in, probably along with Madison Square Garden and a few others, really a building that you don't want to be in for that type of a game. Until 2015, the Rangers had never lost a Game 7 at home. So, um it does make a big difference. I mean, are you both of the mind that I am that Tanner Glass is going to be a mainstay in the playoffs?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, here's here's kind of a sad thing is that, you know, you mentioned and you're right that the Rangers and Canadians aren't too dissimilar um, in terms of roster makeup, identity, you know, etc. You know, but if, there, if there's one area that in theory the Rangers, you know, really take it to the Canadians, um, it would be in like a, it would be in a bottom six matchup. You know, because their bottom six is full of you know a bunch of guys who are you know grit warriors who are you know they can't they're not good skaters they're not good passers they don't you know they're not exceptional thinkers of the game you know and so when you when you think about you know Miller Hayes Grabner you know going up against you know like Steve Ott you know or even even you know Lindberg Bucinavicius fast you know whoever you know these are guys who could really you know generate a lot of offense. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, it's kind of not how things work out here in New York. Um, We're probably going to see, you know, glass at least for a few games, you know. Um, One, because of how physical Montreal is, and, you know, we have to be scared of that for whatever reason. And two, because just that's, you know, what A.V. likes. Um, You know, we'll probably see Esther Foss, you know, bumped up to a higher line than he, you know, Obviously, good player, but you know, sometimes the likes to over rely on him, especially in offensive situations. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, the one area where I could really see the Rangers having, you know, an advantage over the Canadians, um, it's probably going to be the uh, game by the Rangers shooting themselves in the foot here.
0: Mika,
1: um, I'm a little more reserved when it comes to.
0: Oh, that's right. This is going to be a. This is going to be a fight. I forgot. Go ahead. Take the gloves off. Let's go.
1: Uh, every day's a fight for me, buddy. Um, no, but if there was like no other reason for this to happen, it'd be one thing. But it, it the whole thing about coinciding with uh, expansion and that, you know, Glass just last game qualified as a as an eligible exposure because he's played seventy games over the last two seasons. Um, I think that kind of gives me a little doubt as to. You know how much to read into the whole glass thing. Um, now, make no mistake; I have no faith in AV. I, 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 I don't expect him to change or adapt. <laughs> so I'm not saying that, but I'm saying uh, things that have been happening. I, I say like after game 70 or 72, I, I'm a little, I'm a little reluctant to read that much into it, um, just because of the glass expansion thing, but also, you know, the seating has been pretty, pretty much. Kind of niched in. I'm um, way even before they clinched. It was it, it, it was pretty comfortable right around that game 70, 72 area. Um, so and and I understand that you need to re-sign Glass in order for him to count as one of the two necessary exposure quota forwards. Um, but if you look at it, I mean, who's gonna? He's, we'll we'll assume Grabner, but then it's gonna be okay, fast or Lindbergh, But are you really gonna rush like a one-year deal for Vegas Vegas expansion on that or a two-year deal? because they can just go to arbitration in July, and the expansion is in June. Then you have Peary. I mean, you know, it's $1.1 million to qualify him, so I don't know. And then you kind of have Pumple and uh, and Glass, and if you could kind of pit them against each other and say, look, I'm going to offer you a one-year minimum wage deal, one of them's going to take it, and then you're, you're satisfied. So, like, there's that little momentum going on where it's like, you know, I'm not sold that Glass is definitely going to be a mainstay, I'd put the over/under on like I don't know, two games or something. I wouldn't put it at like 100 percent games. So I'm a little, I'm a little more reserved. But I do not trust AV. I cannot make that clear enough.
0: <laughs> we we have to. Uh... All right. You're so that point was brought up recently, and you're not wrong in that allowing glass to be exposed, and for the people who don't fully understand the uh, the expansion draft. You have to have two players at forward who are signed for one more year who have either played, what is it, 40 games this year or 70 games the past two years?
2: Yes. Right.
0: To expose. You have to expose two of them. So Pumple, Lindbergh, Glass, and Peary would all fit, and Fast would all fit the mold if they were signed. So yes, yes. what Mika is, is oh and Grabner actually fits the mold right now. So yes. what Mika is suggesting is, in order to fulfill without having to sign anyone else, if you sign Glass for one more year, you could expose him, and then you hit the requirements that you need to expose all the players that you need to expose. Nobody and thinks and you can that, bury him,
1: and you can bury him right. without any cap hit next year.
0: Yeah, what is the? What, it's like nine hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? It's
1: a, it's it's going to go up to uh, one million twenty five thousand.
0: Ooh, look at that. And, again, it's just money. It's Dolan's money. Who, who yeah, cares? Exactly. Uh, now, for what it's worth, in the I-don't-trust-A.V. realm, Glass would not be taken in the expansion draft, and I do not trust Vigneault to not use him again in the event that he's hmm. – he just can't help himself. But it's up to Gordon, to...
1: though. And Gordon's buried Glass 50% of his tenure so far. So I, I, I have I, a lot more faith in going. Gordon than A.V., I guess. It was, hmm. it was
0: like my thesis. But Gordon's also yeah, allowed he, this to get to this point, no? Like he called, Yeah. he sent Buchnevich down, he called Glass up.
1: But again, if he's calling Glass up for the expansion factor, you know how much of it is? is how much expansion factor is it, and how much is it traditional? So let's give A.V. Glass and because that's good on the ice. I mean, I mean I, I'm, I'm kind of convinced it's a hybrid of both, and I don't know what part it is of either. It could be one percent Vegas thing, and I'm just totally rambling on, but. Um, it's because of that and how it's coincided. Because remember, they called Glass when you know what was it, game 68, game 70. And but when the standings were a lot more competitive, it was horrific. It was Jensen. Even Nieves got got called up. So it, it's like a little. Um. Um. There's less like absolute certainty in what this is, but uh, it it would be surprising if Glass didn't play one playoff game. I mean, it's AV.
2: Yeah. See, um, for, for me, um, you know, I think, I think in theory you're absolutely right. Um, it would be, it would be a brilliant play if that's what the Rangers are doing. Um, (laughs) if it's, if what they're doing here is, you know, realizing, all right, like these games for all intents and purposes don't matter. Um, you know, what does matter is the expansion draft coming up and we would not like to lose a player for nothing. So, you know, here's the easiest way to deal with that. Um, but, but that being said, uh, I'm a big believer in what's called Occam's Razor, and that's the idea that usually the simplest explanation for something is the, is the correct one. And yeah. in this case, the simplest explanation is that, you know, the Rangers got pushed around a bit in a couple of games, you know. So, so people say they were losing a few games. A.V. loves Tanner Glass. He wanted grit, and he called them up. You know, that's the simplest explanation here. Um, and so is it possible this is the Rangers kind of just, you know, being creative. Um, Yeah, sure.
1: Um, Is it possible it's 50-50? I guess that's, like, a question.
2: uh, I I I would say
0: uh, say no, right? I would think it's one or the other, unless it's the Rangers have now realized, oh, we're at the point where we could actually, but there were plenty of times where they could have called Glass up and they didn't, and you're saying, Mika, your point is that when things were competitive back in the beginning of the year, but... What could be more competitive than the Rangers are struggling and they need to figure out what they are before they go into the playoffs? I mean, if they wanted, but even so, if they wanted Buchnevich, if they want or not Buchnevich, if they wanted Bunieves or Rivik or Jensen for the playoffs, they would have brought them up now. West is obviously a playoff option. At least that's my take on it. I may be totally wrong. Here's the thing. A lot of people tell me I read too much into Vigneault's comments. A lot of people tell me I read too much into the things that Vigneault does and does not do. At this point, he's lost the benefit of the doubt. There is no more benefit of the doubt. I assume the worst because it is the worst.
1: That's fair. Yeah, that's fair.
0: And not that your idea is wrong, not that it's stupid, it's actually anything but. But I have not been – I've been proven wrong almost every time that I've given him the benefit of the doubt. Now, I have
1: I've a legitimate question though. That okay, so we know that a that the Hartford Wolf Pack finished dead are going to finish dead last in the AHL. It looks like, and they're not going to make the playoffs. Mm. The Swamp Rabbits are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um. I'm as, I'm asking you honestly. Can you assign an NHL player like last to the ECHL?
0: No, I don't. Think so
2: you can't. No. So How it How it works is that um, you need to uh be on that team's roster prior to the trading deadline. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: um, that's, right. that's right, yeah.
2: You know, we've seen that. we've seen that a few times the last two years, like the Rangers, you know, uh, like two years ago, right. three years ago, did that with JT Miller where they would kind of send him down the day before. You know, the deadline would pass and they'd call him up, and that was just for the playoff yeah. eligibility, you know. So,
0: in no, theory, yeah, could they totally have done that? Out. Yeah,
2: if the Rangers had, you know if the Rangers waved the Jesper Foss and he cleared and they sent him to the UCHL, like, yeah, he could, you know, in theory, obviously, yeah, you could play. Well, I guess, I guess um, my point is, like, is there any
1: chance that we see Jeff Gordon accomplish the Vegas thing, which Glass which did uh, last game, and then, like, he takes A.V.'s toy away?
2: Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, I don't think that would even be necessary. Like, If we talk about the one thing that people always talk about Glass bringing to the table, right, it's like, great teammate, you know, funny guy, nice guy. Teammates love to have him around. Like, in in theory, right, like, this is the best time for Glass to be on the roster if he's not being used, right? Like, that would be great. I would have zero problems with that if yeah, the Rangers yeah. were like, hey, like, we want you on the plane rides. We want you, you know, in the locker room, you know, brilliant, Like, right? Like, that's that's great. Um, So, again, in theory, I don't see a reason that Gordon couldn't say, you know, Obviously, look, coaches like the coach.
1: Yeah, know. exactly. They don't like
2: having their power taken away. So yeah, fair enough. But if Gordon says, like, look, like, you know, he's he's not playing. Like, yeah. I don't think that's going to be the thing that causes, uh, you know, like a a Lennon McCartney breakup. You know, so I, is he going to take his toy away? Like, uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. Again, like, if he was, if it was that much of a concern to him. You know, like, look, right or wrong, the Rangers clearly believe that they have a run in them. You know, the trading deadline showed that. Um, yeah. So if, if Gordon's thinking, we're going we're, we're gonna to try to make a run here, but also I don't want glass anywhere on the ice, you know, if you really calling them up despite the cap, and you know, or the expansion draft uh, implications, like, I, I don't think so. Again, I think this explanation for something is usually, not always, but usually the, the, the correct one. So I think most likely here is just that the Rangers wanted to mix it up. They called up, you know, the the uh, the kind of the the uh, pacifier, you know, always reliable, always in arm's reach, and you know that's, that's what it is. T- yeah, I the I the like I look at it, also...
0: it like I will. Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Nika.
1: I just I I like I I try and assign things like probability. Like I don't I don't, I, I try not to go like one hundred percent one or the other. So I'm injured. like, you know is it is it eighty twenty one you know which way one way or the other so i and just, just all the factors kind of swarming around it, like you know he was brought up during the lame duck part of the season the vegas thing, um, and the fact that gorton has you know he he's he's waved the glass before, you know, not saying that you know him recalling him lately doesn't change all that, but it there's like a lot of uh reasonable doubt before I can vote guilty like you boys, but I do expect it. Uh, I'll just leave it at that.
0: I think the timing yeah, is just... I mean, look, uh, look, Miller gets worked over in Montreal, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, everybody's complaining about toughness. I mean, Linda Cohn, even yesterday, posted, or this morning, posted something on the fact that Miller was getting roughed up and Pavel Buchnevich was just skating by. And there is a a real ideology that exists, and it's not just some of the crazy bloggers, and we know who they are, it's that the Rangers are not tough enough to win in the playoffs. And I think part of the problem that really frustrates me is the new excuse. Say the Rangers get smoked in Montreal. The new excuse is going to be, oh, well, they weren't tough enough. Glass wasn't enough. And it's not going to be, well, actually, the Rangers weren't good enough, which is exactly what happened last year. So go ahead, Adam. You can can jump in now. Um,
2: I mean, well, what I was going to say regarding, you know, Mika's point of probability, like, yeah, of course. Like I said, is there a chance? Yeah. And, you know, the Rangers, you look at, um, you know, Glenn Sather's uh, tenure with the Rangers, and he's not GM anymore, but he's still president, and you better believe he still, you know, has an influence. You know, one thing that Glenn Sather has been really good at um, the last decade or so has been kind of, managing tricky roster or salary cap situations, you know, and finding creative solutions, Um, you know, whether that was, you know, moving Gomez at just the right time, you know, whether that was finding a way out of Donald Brashear's contract, you know, and and on and on. Um, So, look, I absolutely can believe and buy into the idea that, you know, this is a cap ploy or an expansion draft ploy by the Rangers to maximize you know, uh, what talent they can keep. Um, so, yeah, is there a chance? Yeah, I'm going to say, like, 10%, 15 maybe 20% percent chance that's what's going on. But, again, I just believe, you know, the most simple explanation here is that the Rangers, you know, A.V. has, has relied on glass, and he's doing it again, uh, you know, during a time that's, you know, a bit uh, turbulent.
0: Yeah, uh, and and Mika, I don't think your point is a bad one. I really don't. Yeah, I think I'd be surprised if it was true, but I don't think it's a bad point. Um, Yeah, like I said, if
2: that if that's what's happening, then bravo, Rangers, right? Like that's 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 brilliant.
0: Well, who expected the Mika Zibanejad trade? Who expected Gordon has done an unbelievable job, and Adam can speak more to this with the collegiate free agent front. He's done an unbelievable job with. Not that Broussard was a bad contract, but they got out of that contract at the right time. They sold a year too soon before yeah, exactly. a year too late. And Zibanejad has just as many points as Broussard does in far less games. And Zibanejad has not been himself this year with the injuries. So yeah, and he's also better defensively. It's a, it, It's like, it really is one of the better trades at this point. They picked up a couple of collegiate free agents this year. They got VC. I'm sure he was part of the Kevin Hayes stuff. It's a the Rangers are doing as good of a job as they can mitigating the fact they don't have any first round picks. Obviously that's not a problem this year for now, but it's what's so frustrating is they're not stupid about some things. They're definitely blind about other things, but there, there is reason to be very, very confident about the people who are in charge of the Rangers. And there's mm-hmm. also reason to look and say, I have no idea what it is they're doing. And that's exactly what we're dealing with right now. And I, like I said, I would be shocked if we did not see Tanner Glass playing in most of the playoff games. But maybe that's me. Maybe at this point I'm just negative with him and, and it is what it is. Um Yeah, I, I just so here's here's my little tinfoil hat theory. The Montreal's a flawed team, I think we all agree with that. If the Rangers get past Montreal, right now it's between, who, who is it, Ottawa and Boston for who the Rangers would be playing Toronto. next. Or, well, Toronto, I guess, is in the mix too. But if the well, let's see what it looks like right now because it, it has changed quite know, a bit. Yeah. I think the last time I looked, if I remember correctly, yeah, so if, if, oh, yeah. if the playoffs started today, Toronto would be in the Metro, the Rangers would be in the Atlantic. If the Rangers get past Montreal, I really like their chances, even with what they are, against Boston or Ottawa. And then you'd have to think Columbus, Pittsburgh, and Washington are going to beat the hell out of each other. Is it possible that if the Rangers get past Montreal, you could at the very least like their odds of getting back to the Stanley Cup? Adam, I'll let you uh, (coughs) jump on that one first.
2: Uh, Yeah, sure. I mean... It's, it's the thing that the thing that I think people are either surprised about or kind of don't like the idea of because they like to you know like absolutes they like romanticism of the playoffs and such is that the difference between teams even the you know it, it's paradoxically like there's a big difference between teams but also also not that much like again like I go back to a point I was making earlier about win percentages you take the best teams in the NHL against the worst teams and based on the prediction models, it's, you know, it's, it's 60%, 30%, you know, 66, 33. Um, again, like it's a big gap, but like, those are like the best versus the worst. So if it's the Rangers versus the Penguins, like, yeah, like you're looking at, I don't know, 40% chance of winning that series. Like that's like, like obviously disadvantaged, but like, can it happen? Of course. Absolutely. You know, especially, like, we know, you know, this isn't, like, last year's lame duck Rangers team. Like, even if, you know, we know the Rangers are flawed, we know that, like, kind of, if if the stars align, that they can, you know, be as good as anybody. You know, if Lundquist is on the top of his game, um, you know, if if, uh, the shooting percentage is, you know, kind of, um, you know, favoring them, as it can sometimes, yeah, of course, they could could beat, uh, you know, anyone, um, especially in like a, you know, in a seven game series. So, so yeah. Do I believe it? Yeah, of course. But um, obviously they have to get there first, um, which really is not, I don't think nearly um, as easy as some people,
0: you know, seem to think. Yeah. It was, that's to my point before, this was the dream matchup for the Rangers in January now I think it's probably one of the better matchups for Montreal. But Mika, what are your thoughts on my tinfoil hat theory?
1: No, I think it's good. I'm digging it. Um, in back in the back in the uh, pre-analytics day, um, I guess it was like late. I guess it was like mid to late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and, like everyone knew that the Western Conference was like just better than the East, but yet the East kept cranking out Stanley Cups. And i I've heard like that's kind of a theory I've heard before, where it's, you know, you have this battle of titans over here and then the battle of pipsqueaks is much less weathered in the final round you know whatever you want to call it um so like i don't know if there's any, if there's been any study or science to to it but it's something i've heard before and i, I it, it just it's commonsensical um <laughs> you know uh we saw the uh, pittsburgh washington series last year um and that was just really intense like <laughs> that was full ride no soft minutes um, you know, really took a lot out, of, took a lot out of out of uh, both teams. I'd say uh, it was it was like ridiculously, it was like high score, like seventy percent of the series or whatever it was. It was nuts. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I think there's like certainly the foundation of like logic or what I would imagine logic. Um, and I think I I totally agree. I I totally want to be in the Atlantic, and I want to let the Metro guys beat beat the hell out of each other uh,
2: for sure.
0: It's an opportunity, and really, there's a, I have a very pessimistic thought about that as well. Say the Rangers do make it to the Stanley Cup Final. Say they beat Montreal. Say they beat the winner of Toronto-Boston. Say this stars align Washington-Pittsburgh or Columbus. One of them makes it out, but the team that makes it out had the hell beaten out of them, and the Rangers get past them as well. If you don't win a Stanley Cup, and obviously we're talking way down the line, I I would be upset with the thought process of, oh, this was the right thing to do. Because a lot of the Rangers' decisions and a lot of the defense that you get from the non-stat people is akin to having 21 at a blackjack table hitting and getting an ace and being lucky and turning around and being like, see, that was the smartest thing that you could have done. Which feels like this is the toughness argument all over again. Would I complain? No, I'm not even... Uh, you want the Rangers to make the playoffs regardless because you don't know. It's a crapshoot. It is like scratching off a lottery ticket. The Rangers can easily get hot. Henrik-, Henrik Lundqvist can easily go back into God mode. The next thing you know, all of a sudden, like Gavin said, the stars align and you're all the way at the top of the mountain. Do I think it's going to happen? I think Montreal is going to be very difficult, but I also find it a little ironic that... and. You really can't discount anyone, but if you get out of the first round, it might be the easiest matchup until you get to the Eastern Conference final. Mm. Uh, Arbor Green, who's in the chat, is saying Boston has some really good underlying numbers, and some people are picking them as a dark horse. Yep. I mean, mm. the Rangers are going to have issues. You have to beat someone to get to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. But I don't want this to turn I, – I, I, the Rangers, I thought, would have learned their lesson last year. They didn't. So is this going to be, we're going to keep pounding this square peg into this round hole and try to make it fit, and all of a sudden, no oh shit, there goes Lundqvist, and now all of a sudden we have nothing? Or is this going to be a learning experience? And it certainly has not been the latter. It certainly has not been the latter. So yep. I, I I like where the Rangers are. I don't think anyone can dislike where the Rangers are. Being in the Atlantic, it, it's I can't even articulate how much more Pleasant of an experience that is The Rangers have 100 points And they are 6 points Out of the final guaranteed Playoff spot in the Metro Think about that If you would have told me with 80, games left, with 80 games gone The Rangers have 47 wins and 100 points And they're in a wild card spot I would have laughed at you Washington has 54 wins this year Pittsburgh and Columbus have 49 They have games in hand on the Rangers It's just insanity and then you look at Montreal, they have 101 points. Ottawa has 94. Boston is 94. They're playing each other right now. It's, there's a lot here. There really is a lot here. Tampa Bay is a dark horse to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to, and that behooves the Rangers. But, wow, this is, the Metro is insane right now. It really is. And... Uh, it's the, even in the, you, even if you look out west The Rangers would be one of the best teams out west It's incredible It really is incredible How good of a season they've had And how little it means in the grand scheme of things Because of how good Washington, Pittsburgh, and Columbus have been Now Losing Letang is an enormous blow to Pittsburgh And I think it's going to throw mm. It really is going to put that entire conference into upheaval When it comes to the playoffs um, uh, I think it's Washington's game I think it's Washington's opportunity I don't think Toronto is going to be the easiest out in the world, but with Kevin Shattenkirk, Washington is a machine. They really are a scary machine. Yesterday they were just as shorthanded as the Rangers were, and they kind of had their way, even though the scoreboard didn't really show it. Henrik Lundqvist did a lot of work, so, um, yeah. Speaking of the Penguins, here's my surprise topic for the two of you and for the world. Nick Bonino made a comment that he buttons his button down. No, but- Bottom to top Like some type of a, a monster They're not oh called button ups They're called button downs I would like to know If the two of you go top to bottom Or bottom to top
1: what Is this a New uh, game? I'm not going to answer that You're answering that <laughs> I choose zipper Adam, I'm a zipper man
2: a Zipper So like you go to, like, a, a bar mitzvah or, like, a wedding or a conference, whatever, and, and you, you wear a, a zipper shirt. Well, you have to know people to go to the things like that. Oh, fair. Fair point. Yeah, But I would. No, I... Yeah, I, I, I go... I'm with Benino, man. I go bottom to top.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, does Nika, anyone really do... not... Who goes
0: bottom to top? No one does that. I do. Well, thank you, Nika. I did not think you would be my ally in this fight, but you're my ally. When I was a so, kid, so. I used to go bottom to top, and it would never line up ever. You start at the top, uh, uh, what? and then you go it down. It doesn't line, line up. It doesn't line up. You have your, your top button. It, there's a middle button missing somewhere along the line. Uh, it's 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 bad. You uh, gotta yeah, go I think top to bottom. More about
2: you than it doesn't me.
0: Well, you know <laughs> it might, but top to bottom, you get the top button figured out, and then from there, you just you match the holes. That's it. Only a monster. But first of all, you're on the side of a Pittsburgh Penguin, which I think immediately enhances Meek and my stance on this. I'm okay <laughs> with this. I, I see. This is the hot dog is a sandwich all over again. This is just you disagreeing so that you can disagree. You don't even. No, you, probably button, <laughs> you probably button middle to top. Ooh, that's nice. No, and then what bottom am I, I'm
2: kind
0: of crazy person. Uh, bottom to top to me is a crazy person. I've never it would never even cross my mind to go bottom to top. If I have a it's, shirt, a, it's just
2: a natural motion. Like, like picture, like, you're putting on a shirt, right? Like, yeah, blues, yeah. like all right, great. Like, naturally, like, your arms are down. Like, you're going to start there. Like, it's so much effort to then go all the way up to go back down with your right, arms. So if
0: we're, if we're like, talking about natural... Efficiency. The shirt goes over your head top to bottom Yeah, you you put your shirt on. Well, my shirts usually have a couple of buttons buttoned already, so then I put it on over my head.
2: Okay, no, 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 no. That that is genuinely insane. Like, that that does not even compare to the top to bottom. That is ridiculous. I can't
0: believe you do that. When I iron my shirts, I button the middle buttons just so that I have some type of a a cohesive shirt that's not going to fall apart as I'm ironing it and I often leave it that way, I throw it over the top of my head with the buttons on the buttons, I unbutton them, and then I go top to bottom. I get that there's an extra step there, but even if the shirt was fully unbuttoned, I would still go top to bottom.
2: You're not well, Joe. That's fine, but I'm just, I just can't get over you taking a shirt that's already like has a button done and then pulling it over your head. Yeah,
0: I just pull, I just pull it over.
2: That is ridiculous. That is insane.
1: I'll pull over shirts, but they won't be buttoned downs. They'll be like t shirts. I'll do that.
0: Well, is there any other way to put on a t shirt?
1: That's a fair point. <laughs>
0: are, are you just morphing <laughs> into t shirts? Uh,
1: well, if you cut it and then kind of like taco into it and then sew it back up, you can do that.
0: Uh, tacos. I promised the Blue Shirt Banter crew tacos many times, and they have yet to get them. And 132-0'd. they will not be getting if they button bottom to top.
1: Accounts payable, Joe.
0: We don't have an accounts payable department.
1: No, but I've heard things.
0: Of accounts payable?
1: No, I've heard anything.
0: We we don't we don't really hear much. No. Us us peasants of the blogging world.
1: To be honest, I thought your special topic was going to be the Olympics.
0: I was like all boned up for that. No, but actually, that's a good point. We can't talk about the Olympics. And here's where here's what I'll say. Who was looking forward to the 2019 lockout?
2: I believe it's so twenty twenty now. Oh yeah, whatever. Semantics. Same year.
0: Is it semantics? Sorry. Is it semantics and shut the season, So yeah. Um anyway. Mika, since you were jacked up on this, you have some thoughts. Go ahead.
1: I just think it's gonna be crazy if uh <laughs> like ultimately like I'm trying to think of like what the owners can do if like certain players just say, I'm going and just kind of the, it's like, uh, I was talking to my buddy, and he was like, he was like, yeah, what if the NHL starts finding draft picks to teams that have players, like, abandoned posts for the picks? And it's like, well, what if, what if the NHLPA just, like, designated two guys to leave every team, so every team got penalized equally? I don't know, there's just, like, a cause and effect that, of, like, if the if it really comes to that, and it probably won't, but if it, like, if it were a really showdown, it would be really ironic if, like, the players found this, like, wonderful leverage that they couldn't find in four lockouts, or whatever it is.
0: This is what do you, do? The, you can't really do anything, and it it becomes this really bizarre conversation, which is – let's put it this way. Ovechkin decides he's going to the Olympics, okay? Ovechkin doesn't care. Mm. Eighth. Hey? How are you going to stop him? B, the real problem is the NHL doesn't want to insure the contracts because I think right now the insurance is due, or the NHL is paying right. for all that insurance, and that's one of the main reasons why they don't want to do this anymore. So players are going to have to insure their own contracts, and it is what it is. In, in terms of punishing the team, that's interesting because imagine, and let's just use him as an example, even though he'll be a Ranger next year. Say Kevin Shattenkirk this year is pissed off because he didn't get traded when he wanted to. What's to stop him as a free agent from leaving, screwing yep. St. Louis over, and then leaving St. Louis this summer? Yep. Uh, if you want to find a team, whatever. But again, I don't understand how the NHL goes through these lockouts. There's serious problems. You don't have a big enough fan base that you can just over and over again do something like this and they have now basically fired across the bow to say hey listen we're we're go screw yourselves we're going to be doing this our way. We don't feel like paying for it whatever. And it's just Adam, you've been silent and you can jump in on this.
2: Yeah, I mean like personally like I I'm uh, I'm not a big olympics guy. Like, like I I enjoy it, I watch it, but like if the players in the NHL agreed like okay hey, no olympics, like it, I wouldn't you know i wouldn't be particularly upset by it but that being said there are fans who do love it especially the, the european fans and the players you know especially you know want to take part and so it's it's an issue um and and yeah like at the end of the day you know we can talk about um you know the the financial implications and logistic implications for the nhl but you know if, if, if Alexander Ovechkin goes to the KHL, you know, because he's, you know, pissed off, you know, and, you know, a few other players do that kind of thing, like, was it really worth it for the NHL? You know, I feel like it would kind of be, um, you know, winning the battle, losing the war, um, you know, if they if they lost out on some talent because of, you know, a, a couple of weeks. Um, and, yeah, like, look, there are some players who – um you know, are going to be free agents, you know, soon. Eric, Eric Carlson's probably, you know, the biggest one in that regard. I, he, his contract expires, I think, it's, I think it's next summer, maybe two summers from now. But, you know, like, that's the guy, like, <laughs> if Ottawa says to him, like, if he says to Ottawa, like, look, like, I'm going, and if you fight me for it, like, I will enjoy playing against you for the next seven years. Like, whoa, like, that's a, that's a tough situation, man. I don't know what, I don't know what you do. Especially when you have a bunch of other owners, you know, and in the commissioner's office yelling in your ear to to not enable it, like you know, I, I don't know. It's it's it's. I don't think even though this was solved in theory, I don't think kind of the consequences of it. I think we're gonna, you know, we're just starting to really figure out, um, you know, how is this is gonna play out. So <laughs> it's, it's a tough one, and yeah, like it's almost certainly gonna result in another, another walkout. Which is which is such a shame, but you know it's kind of we've become accustomed to it.
1: And here, here's like one like one more thing where it's like let's say because it's not one guy jumping ship like that, so It's like I'm jumping ship. I'll be back in two weeks, and if they're going to the right. Olympics, presumably they're like a world class player. So it's not like a fringe guy doing this. So let's just say that happens, and then like let's do Chicago. Let's let's say like nine guys from Chicago go, um, and then. Chicago Blackhawks, right up against the salary cap, um, are going to have to, like, call up seven guys, and they can't afford it. And the CBA says, like, they have to dress 15 guys or whatever. But how is the NHL going to ever, ever get behind, like, that in a pro sport, like, dressing like a 75% bench? So, like, there's, like, this whole ripple effect of, like, what can you do if, like, if it really goes kind of uh, de facto, unresolved Officially, unofficially resolved. It, it's. I think it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, what happens. And also, like, are there going, You know, how are, how is a uh, lockout protected contracts going to be this summer? Um, we've seen it before, where you get a hefty signing bonus in that 2019-20, so that even if there is no season, uh, you still make it, you, you know, you're insured to make money. Um, I want to see if that's going to continue, because now it's like even more high risk. So uh, yeah. there's a lot of consequences here that are just starting to percolate.
0: Ooh, percolate. I, I what, think, a, uh, what a word. <laughs> I Thank
2: think uh, one one thing that I'm not looking forward to, and I I do think uh, maybe naively, I think one way or the other, the players in the NHL are going to figure out a way to to save face on this issue. You know, I don't know what the result will be. I don't even think it necessarily means going to the Olympics. But I think one way or the other, like, they don't, they don't want just, like, kind of anarchy. And so they'll figure out a way to kind of deal with it. But if, you know, if not, what one thing we're going to, you know, I'm really not looking forward to seeing is that, like, look, like, we know, we know the Canadians and Americans, you know, like to represent the country. But, like, we know that the Europeans, like, especially, like, it, it's a bigger deal for them, you know? And so uh, I feel like I'm afraid this is going to result in, you know, kind of a lot of, you know, ethnocentrism and xenophobia and, you know, whatever, because like, you know, like, oh, like, uh, you know, Jonathan Tate is, you know, is committed to the team and is staying with the black box and, you know, Ovechkin went over and blah, 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 you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just going to, you know, uh, become like this whole nationalism thing and judging players character on on like whether they go or not and like, oh, like is this team struggling because there's locker room problems because of this. And yeah, uh, that kind of more than anything is what, you know, I would really like to see not happen. But I'm kind of, you know, preparing for it.
0: The NHL got out of the, the Sochi Olympics or really kind of rolled over for the Sochi Olympics because it was Russia. You knew Ovechkin was going. You knew Tarasenko was going. The, it would have been very embarrassing to have that fight happen. Malkin, there, there's too there's too much USA-Russia tension, even maybe politically now, but in the NHL, between the NHL and the KHL, that it was just a problem the NHL wanted to avoid. South Korea, it is not a hotbed for hockey, believe it or not. So there really is no long-term implication. It, it, you... I can't. For the life of me, can either of you think of a Korean hockey player in the NHL right now?
2: Right now, no. Um, Richard Park. He's not in the
0: NHL anymore. Yeah, uh, hey, um, But to the point. I mean, of, uh, where is the local it's, tie-in? Russia was a big friggin' deal. So.
2: Yeah, but you know, the, the problem there is that like it's, it's a bit critical on the NHL's part, like. But, you know like the K- the KHL just put a team in China like that's the KHL fair enough but um you know the NHL is going to China for some games next year i think the kings i can't remember who else but the kings are going i think um like there's a, there's a huge market to exploit there um and kind of the soccer world is kind of just figuring that out now um has the last few years like the english premier league has like absolutely ridiculous contracts tv broadcast contracts in 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 uh China, Japan, Korea, and you know, and so on. Um, you know, I, I think uh, you know hockey, NHL would like to get a little bit in on that because there's just a huge market to explore. Um well,
0: that's a different so, argument. Like, that's the logical argument behind right, it, right? No, like, right. I, I get it. it. There's no immediate, there's you know, there's no for no immediate immediate. the NHL. The NHL is terrible at promoting their own brand. We knew this, but right, yeah. the the issues with not doing an Olympic event in Russia and the issues with not doing an Olympic event in South Korea I think are much different than necessarily what you would see from one another, I guess, is the point. That might not make a ton of sense, but I just don't see... No, it makes sense. I see the NHL wanting to avoid having the stars of the game like Tarasenko, Ovechkin, and uh, Malkin purposefully missing events and kind of showing it to the NHL than they would right now with Korea. But from an Asian standpoint, the Rangers should be marketing the – or not the Rangers. The NHL should be marketing the hell out of Asia. China is – it's a market that is getting a KHL team, like Adam said. Well, it's not really a market. It's a country. But it's – there's so much to explore there. And for a league that is fourth best in its own backyard, it might not be the worst idea to have some global appeal and to turn around yeah. and say, listen, for whatever you may say about the NHL, it's, the, the league has grown, maybe not as much as they wanted to. They do a terrible job branding themselves. They really do. And this is an opportunity where, sure, maybe the Olympics wouldn't really change all that much, but the Olympics does... The the TJ Elstree stuff against Russia last Olympics still gets talked about. It's a way to market the game, Mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful opportunity that's being missed, similar to, say, an elite goaltender from Sweden losing his prime because of toughness instead of skill, but uh, I don't even know what that is, so... Well, this was fun, gentlemen. I appreciate this. Adam Herman... Oh, did you have something you wanted to add, Mika? Uh,
1: this is awesome.
0: Yeah, you know what? This was this was pretty good. This was not as terrible as I thought it was going to be. Um, outside of the fact that Adam is a terrible shopper, uh, Adam Herman is twitter.com/slash Adam Z Herman, correct?
2: Yeah, I hope so.
0: Mika's is twitter.com at hockeystatminer. He's mining stats for hockey.
2: There's gold uh, in too.
0: Yes, that's true. I thought it was that he was um, underage. Well, we don't know how, how old Mika is. It's like a, it's a, an unbelievable I mystery. I don't know. He was around, he was around in you the know? 60s. He's here. What? I have a
2: guess. 28.
1: Joe, would you like to make a guess? 30. 30. I turn twenty eight next week.
0: Oh, oh yeah,
2: really close. I, I've, I've, I've discovered recently that I know more about the the blue shirt banter writer than Joe does because uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, had, we had a we had a private, we had a private conversation I think it was like a few weeks ago where um, I was talking to to Beth about um, like Beth, Beth teaches and she's actually a, you know, a college professor. And I was talking to her about that, and Joe comes in like, "What? What are you talking about, Adam? Like Beth? That's the high school teacher." And I was like, "Uh, what?" And then Beth was like, "Uh, what?" And it, it was a great moment because Joe was just had you know caught with his pants down. So,
0: I uh, yeah, I clearly you.
2: just I clearly just care more.
0: I'd love to tell you that was not how that went, but that was pretty much exactly how that went. I don't know why I thought she was the high school teacher. I have no idea. Uh, you are a taco. I am a taco. See, I don't have to give you tacos. I'm just...
1: I said you owe her you know. a
0: taco. Well, maybe. Uh, I've been pretty bad about that that taco stuff. Uh, okay. Thank you all for listening. Um, follow Mika. Follow Adam. BlueShirtBanter.com. And go to uh, BlueApron.com slash BlueShirt and get your free meals. Because some people who will remain nameless, Adam, are not good at shopping. <laughs> Thank you all. See you next week. See you. See you.